How to respond when your church is threatened with civil liberties. Today on ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Thank you for joining our podcast this morning on ReChurch. This is a ministry of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. I'm Marshall Fant, and I have the great privilege today to interview Tanya Shelnut. Tanya, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Tanya is representative with Alliance Defending Freedom, better known as ADF in our world. Uh, before I get started with you, Tanya, I just want to say a few things. We know from Scripture that three times in Proverbs we're told there's safety in the multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. We also know that in Romans 13 we are told to submit to the authority over us. Yes. And we also know in the book of Daniel, uh, when Daniel couldn't submit, he he made an appeal. But then later on, he couldn't submit and he faced consequences for that. The way, and the way I want to work our our talk this morning is, I consider your organization, Alliance Defending Freedom, a resource Mm -hmm. for churches. I consider it one of the multitude of counselors. And as I introduce this, uh, for the sake of those who don't know you, we met at a conference mm-hmm. where you and one of your lawyers were addressing issues for churches, right? Correct, yes. And y'all put these on around the country or we different do. places? We do. We call them uh, Protecting Your Ministry Briefings, and sometimes we will have uh, Church Alliance and Ministry Alliance attorneys, and then sometimes folks like myself put them on uh, without bringing into the picture all the legalities, and we talk about right. our resources. Now, you just unload a lot. All right, Alliance Defending Freedom. Tell sure. us who, who you are and uh, your role in, in Alliance Defending Freedom. Absolutely. So we're a legal alliance of Christian attorneys and like-minded organizations uh, defending the right of the people to freely live out their faith. All right, can, um, you, can you repeat that again? To sure. Do what? Freely? Live out their faith. Okay. And so we were launched in 1994. Uh, by some um, founders, uh, Dr. Dobson, James Kennedy, Bill Bright, those are some of our founders. And we employ a unique combination of strategy, training, and funding, um, and litigation to protect and preserve religious liberties, uh, the sanctity of life, and marriage, uh, and the family. And we are a mission-oriented ministry. My role is I'm the Regional Alliance Director, and my role is to ensure that pastors, churches, and ministries uh, faith leaders know that we're here to serve them. So as a pastor, let me just pick up on this. So really your role from what you just said, mm-hmm. okay, from everything you just explained, I'm just trying to unpack it yep. a little bit, all right. So your role is really to allow pastors and churches to proclaim the gospel in a culture that we can boldly proclaim what we believe regarding Christ, um, the Word of God, salvation, and the way we choose to run our churches what you're doing is allowing us to do that in the framework of what we believe by scripture is that is that another way to say it absolutely so laws around your church have a direct impact on your ministry and your freedom to share the gospel of jesus can be hindered if you're not wise in how you approach the legal challenges the church is facing so my job is to come alongside you and champion for you all my husband and i served in married adult ministry for 15 years 
years and we still serve and we see all of the different uh, pressures coming at pastors and all of the different challenges that you have to face uh, in your own church and so we want to come beside you walk beside you and relieve these legal pressures that you may or may not know how to handle all right for the sake of the audience i want to give two illustrations and then what i want to do there is then walk through what a church should know about alliance defending freedom okay so case number one and obviously you're aware of both these i had a call from a pastor another state and he had a young believer who was very bold on the, this believer was on their company's intranet so just what the company people saw and somebody was expressing some views against scripture and he simply took the time to write out his view uh, with scripture and he got a letter an email within an hour or so saying your job is now in jeopardy this young believer was simply expressing his his faith so the pastor calls me and who did i call you called the adf yeah, called, i called you <laughs> that's right all right so again here's a pastor so adf simply came to give advice you are a safety in the multitude of counselors you are in the second case uh, another ministry called uh, they had received a letter from a state the state they worked in and saying they wanted their policy on how they handle transgender again so this sends everybody into a little bit of a state of panic so again in this case who did i call adf i called adf so then you became this valuable resource. So ADF in these two cases that I just I've dealt with, much right. less nationwide. Right. This is just two cases. ADF became that counselor. Right. All right. So explain to the the pastor, the deacon, the elder that's listening to us uh, today, how ADF explain the church alliance, explain the organization, so they know what the, their next step should be to understand who ADF is and what counselor that puts them available to. Sure. So let's talk specifically um, from the legal standpoint. We played a role in 52 Supreme Court victories, specifically nine. How many did you say? 54. 54. Specifically right. nine cases in the last seven years, um, two just being in the last term, and only 3% of cases ever go, ever go before the Supreme Court. And all Court. these were religious liberty cases. That's correct. And okay. we, there were victories for us. Okay. So uh, ADF is committed to excellence. It's one of our guiding principles. And so as we navigate the landscape that we see out there, the legal landscape and the culture, we really saw that, that churches and ministries were very vulnerable to uh, what was happening mm, and sure. were not fully equipped to how to handle uh, the different questions being asked and so or may not even know where to go exactly okay so i mean not yeah. only not equipped right but i'm talking about a resource okay absolutely so you yeah. are this resource keep explaining um right where you've done. so um we have uh, been helping churches for the last 24 years um, but specifically in the last two years we had just seen a real uptick in over 600 requests for legal help and so what would be some samples of that Tanya I mean, I, I'm not asking you to comment on a case but just what would be an example of a church saying hey ADF 
I need help. Well, sure. So let's just take one of our cases, actually, that went all the way to the Supreme Court, the Trinity Lutheran case. They went and wanted to apply for a grant for some, uh, a federal grant for some playground equipment. Mm -hmm. And they were told that they couldn't because they were a church. So we took that all the way to the Supreme Court and we won that case seven to two. That mm -hmm. was a million dollar case that Trinity Lutheran didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. Wow. Uh, that's on the larger scale. But then we get calls of, um, you know, churches who um, have a situation where there's a transgender student who wants to go to youth camp and they're not really sure how to handle that. And so we can walk them through those steps and help guide them through that. Um, churches that need questions about their different policies that they have in place. What should they have in there? In the legal world, there's a saying um, on good practice and best practice. Good practice is having something very generic, but best practice is having detailed verbiage in your governing documents that meets the needs of your church and clearly states who you are and what you stand right, for. On a governing documents mm -hmm. name, that would be our, our church statement of faith, Correct. it would be our constitution, it would be our bylaws, it would be our building use. Mm -hmm policies, right. what else would be in there so, just to, uh, to put this on the pastor's radar screen? Right, so let's talk a little bit about three specifics okay. uh, because this is one that um, not every uh, church or pastor or ministry um, has the understanding. Uh, the statement of faith uh, it should be the foundational document for every faith-based organization. It's the backbone of the organization's policies and procedures. That is the document that um, the court goes to uh, when they want to determine who you really are and what you stand for. So some churches may call this a doctrinal statement, sure. but doctrinal statement, statement of faith, that is the backbone. That's what I like the word use. Yeah. So that's the backbone. Right. Okay. Um, and then what we also um, find is the facility usage. So um, you call that a building use policy. One of the things that we're seeing is that churches are being marginalized out of communities and pushed out to the outskirts. Folks are just closing their doors to their building because one, um, they don't know how to respond to maybe some outside requests. All right, so let's just say this could go anywhere from a non-member wedding, right. okay, to a community organization, just any, any group that needs a building to meet in, right? right. So regardless of who that is or what they do, or I mean, it could be everywhere, uh, quilting, it could be anything, right? right. Requesting use of a church building. Right. Okay, so I just want to... Right, so and we don't want you to close your doors to the community. We don't want that. We, we exist to keep the legal doors open. And so that's where ministry happens. And so having a clear facility usage policy in place is really important, um, not only for your church, but for that community. And then... Also, in addition to that, having that, but teaching your folks how to execute it and what does that look like. So that's some work that we do. And then um, membership guidelines. Churches with a formal membership policy have greater legal protection when they find it necessary to impose um, any kind of church discipline. The typical church, they're part of the Constitution. Right. Uh, as far as the membership. Yes. The, so it needs to be in writing, okay, is what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah. should explain the procedures for becoming a member, uh, procedures for church discipline, and procedures for rescinding the membership. Those should be uh, really clearly outlined. And and again, our, our job at Alliance Defending Freedom is to set the church up, should they ever face a legal battle, that they win. So making sure that you have the correct verbiage in these mm -hmm. documents um, is, is of importance. And again, knowing our um, history, 
history at the Supreme Court and our area of experience that we've had in religious liberty cases, we are fortunate to, to have a little bit of knowledge uh, in what we're doing. Exactly. All right. So churches need this. All right? And so the pastor, the deacon, the church leaders listening to this, they hear this and they say, wow, I don't even know where our constitution is. I don't even know where a statement of faith is. So what I want to go to is you have this group within ADF called the Church Alliance. Right. It's a new ministry of ADF. And yes, it sir. started within the last year or so. Yes, is that sir. right? All right. It so is. this Church Alliance is a, again, um, Proverbs, it's a, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So this Church Alliance explain how a church would benefit from the knowledge of having ADF come along beside them through the ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom Church Alliance. Sure. So the Church Alliance was formed to help people of faith strategically navigate the legal terrain so that they can ultimately keep their focus on the main thing, which is the gospel. Okay. So we started this in October of last year. It's a new ministry um, of ADF. And those that partner with us through this ministry, because we are a mission-oriented ministry. Okay, what do you mean by that? You mean you, you, you live on... Um, yeah, we're a 501c3. Okay. So that church that I was talking about, the Trinity Lutheran yeah. case, that was a million dollars. That didn't come anywhere out of their budget. That came from generous donors that give, that understand the importance of protecting our religious liberties. And so with that, that is one of the reasons, again, why we created the Church Alliance is because we want to help you navigate those the legal terrain. So partners that, that, that partner with us, they receive a religious liberty audit, including the review of your church's organizational documents. So we look at uh, government, government mandates, unconstitutional regulation. Uh, there's a church in, in Montana that uh, received a, a letter from the state in regards to, you know, owing more revenue. We've come in and said, mm -hmm. okay, hold on, there might be some unfair treatment here. Uh, and then equal access to government property and benefits. We just had a church in Edisto Island, actually in South Carolina, who what, they were meeting in a community center and they were told that they could no longer meet there. Hmm. So ADF came in and filed a lawsuit on behalf of that little church. Uh, to make sure that they're protected and have that equal access. Um, and then you have volunteer requirements, employment, land use, tax exemption. Those are just um, many of the different um, coverages. Right. And again, from what I have seen uh, as a pastor, mm -hmm. again, we got limited time right. okay, to deal with this kind of stuff. But you have, you have sample statements of faith. We right? Do. We do. And you have sample building use policies. Yeah. So we're not asking a pastor to become a lawyer. Right. We're just trying to give this resource. Right. So a church would need to become a member of the Church Alliance. Mm -hmm. And I believe, Natanya, correct me, if this is a new church, like a church plant. Right. You even offer to review their startup documents. I mean, don't so, I remember something like that? So we don't. We, we don't do the, the incorporation part no, of it, right, the, right. No, right. But, but what we always want to make sure is that any, any church, in addition to a church plant, gets off on the right step. So let me give an illustration yeah, of, of that. So we had a church plant in Monroe, North Carolina, who um, there was a church in a building. That church left. This church plant went to the owner of the building and said, can we occupy this building? And he said, sure, no problem. There was already a church here. Go ahead. They renovated it. They went to the city to ask for a permit and the occupancy permit, and the city said, no, we've changed our zoning laws. They contacted us, we filed a lawsuit. 
they're going to go be able to occupy that building now yeah. because we filed that lawsuit on their behalf. So what we're finding is specifically right, so, on church plants, okay. they're vulnerable because oftentimes they meet in, in schools or things right. of that nature. So we want to make sure that they have that access to go into those buildings. And that's part of when we do the review of their startup documents and just making sure that they have somebody that they can go to if they run into those types of problems. Great. All right. So now for our listeners, Tanya Shelnut, Alliance Defending Freedom, giving us all this great information. All right. So all these resources are readily available through the Church Alliance. Correct. All right. Now, now an existing church, could we join the Church Alliance? What is the what is the process? Because you're laying out all this that you have to help a church uh, prepare. Mm -hmm. Uh, in other words, the way I said in the beginning, I believe Alliance Defending Freedom sets the table so we can do the mission of what God's called us to do. So I'm an existing church. I hear this. Talk to me about how would I form, how would I get to know this church alliance? Okay. So I want to kind of just uh, piggyback off on, on a couple of that. So sure. When you partner with the Church Alliance, uh, we want to ensure that you have um, immediate access. We don't want you to think, well, I don't have any governing documents, so I can't do this, or I've got to put something perfect in place before we send it into you. Right. Uh, so what happens, and let's just walk through the, the protocol. So you partner with us, you determine that this is something that you want to do, then what we'll do is we'll give you um, access to the membership portal. So you'll get a username and a password, and that will give you access into the membership portal where there is the sample documents that you spoke of. Uh, there's quite a few in there from employment to whatever you might need. And then there's some videos in there from our attorneys just outlining some specific mm -hmm. things that you want to pay attention to. So you have that. And then it also, at that point, then say you have a statement of faith from 1980 or your constitution from 1980, it's never been updated. What we would then have you do is send that in as is to the legal intake department. And then we would set up a phone consultation for you with an attorney, an in-house Church Alliance, a ministry alliance understands attorney. Understands churches, understands That's religious right. liberties, okay. That's correct. And they'll set up a phone consultation and walk you through some next steps. And we're not talking about uh, two months down the road. This all transpires within a week of time. And then they spend time, and we're not, again, talking five minutes. I just spoke to a pastor yesterday, and one of our attorneys spent an hour and a half with him on the phone, uh, really walking him through, you know, what are his rights, what are the next steps, and just giving them feedback onto what those governing documents. They want to know about your church. They want to know about how you're doing things. Because again, best practices is taking your church's governing documents and making it fit you right. um, that's best practice and so they take the time to get to know the clients and know what their needs are their concerns are that's just the one part of it in getting to the governing documents I can interrupt yes, you. I know please. You, you don't want to sprint here yes. all right so I'm a pastor I'm an older pastor our statement of faith uh, 1980-ish mm -hmm. does not cover anything on human sexuality, marriage, transgender, any of these issues. But I've, I've got this idea, I can't change my statement of faith or I'm compromising. Right. I want to encourage those pastors, we are not compromising, we're making our statement of faith stronger. Right. Okay, so any pastor that has not gone back and had these 
these statements as a part of their statement of faith, covering these these things. You really are, are not um, you're, you're not aware of what's going on in our culture. And again, without this, it will limit you on really your boldness, right? Because I mean, the last defending freedom. Again, as I said in the beginning, you want us to be bold in what we believe and what we put on the internet about our statement of faith. And, and so then that will take us to the courts if we have to go. Is right. that fair? I'm just kind of yeah, backing yeah. up a little bit. So here's one of the things that I often hear when I go speak to, to groups of pastors. Well, this will never happen to us. We're a small town. This isn't going to happen to us. And my, my comment back to that is, well, why did Nehemiah build a wall? Okay, maybe it won't. But what we do know is that legal precedence is set regardless of the size of the church or your demographic location. It doesn't matter. If a church is sued and uh, legal precedence is set, that affects all of us. Yeah. This isn't just a you know one-time thing. So God calls us to be good stewards of the gospel for the future generations and for the current generations. And so myself having five kids, it's of importance that we protect the hope of the gospel. I didn't grow up churched. I didn't have that privilege. So to me, when I hear a pastor say that, I believe that there's a little bit of naivety there because it can happen to any one of us. And we're called to be good stewards of that. So Alliance Defending Freedom, can you tell us the website, tell us uh, a, a place where they can go to find out someone like you with the last defending free? So fill us in on that. What would sure. that be? And before we go there, I just want to add a couple more things. When oh, yeah, you, sure. When you partner with the Church Alliance, uh, the other aspect is if you have a question that comes up, uh, a legal question, and you're just not sure how to handle it or right. what you should mm -hmm. do, you have established a relationship with an attorney. You can call them and ask them that question. That is all part of this partnership. Good. Uh, so that you have that immediate access to them. And then if for some reason you are ever litigated against and a suit is brought right, against litigated, you. Litigated, define that for our audience here. Yes, yeah, so if, if a lawsuit is ever brought against you and yeah. we have to go to court, right. uh, we will. So that little church I was telling you about in Monroe, North Carolina, they partnered with us and we flew an attorney out. We filed the lawsuit and that was all part of the church plant partnership. So they only paid $100 to be a part of that wow. uh, and that was just a, a partnership and, and the rest of the church alliance is built on membership kind of a program yeah, isn't it so, but that's all that's on the web right it is all on the web yeah that. yeah so the website is www.adfchurchalliance.org and you can go to the website and and look through um, that it's an incredible website and mm -hmm. explains in detail and then further if you want to reach out there's only four um, regional directors across the entire country boots on the ground uh, we have so you're a, a little bit busy aren't you? yes <laughs> I am uh, and we have a, a fifth but she does more of the internal day-to-day um, -day calls yeah. is what she does but but yeah if they want to call one eight three three ADF ally a l l y do that again one one eight three three ADF ally a l l y um, and ask for, uh, depending on what state they're in, we can get them connected and taken care of. Or simply ADF, right? Yep, absolutely. ADF Church Alliance. Yes. If you If you type in that in your search, you won't. You yeah, absolutely. Okay. And we're right. more than happy to help them. We go and we speak to different pastor groups um, and ministries because this is the other thing. I want to share some of our partners. We have partnerships with Classical Conversations, mm -hmm. Protect My Ministry, yeah. uh, TGC, and then the Ministry Alliance 
helps protect schools, Christian colleges and universities, right. uh, retirement homes, camps. Um, so we have protections that we can put in place um, for the different ministries that we encounter. That's great. Again, uh, Tanya Shelnut, uh, she's with Alliance Defending Freedom. And what we've just given you, and we could spend another three hours. So I, I trust that this simply whet the appetite of our pastors to go to ADF, go to the webpage, figure out the Church Alliance. I highly recommend all churches join this. You don't know when it's gonna come, but the resources are there. You are a tremendous asset. So thank you for your ministry to the churches. Again, this is Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. I also appreciate Sarah Hartwig back in the office who's editing all this. This is another ReChurch on the road. Uh, so again, Tanya, thank you for being with us today. and appreciate you for having me, I appreciate it. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.